0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective, Teaching, Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61. From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon,
1: everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. I uh, hope you're in, just enjoying your day. You know, this uh, uh, Saturday for me marks a, a, a kind of time of rejoicing and a l- little bit of sadness at the same time. We uh, we wrap up our summer programming today, and, uh, you know, we, we uh, just had our banquet last night. and and then now we are restoring the building back to uh, back to church mode and get ready to send the uh, summer staff back off to get ready. You know, fo- football and fall sports start next week. And, and uh, our high school students, you know, some of them run cross country, some of them play volleyball, some do football. So it's just be a, a some do soccer. And the college students be getting ready to go back and, you know, after the summer there. and, so it's just a time of transition for us, and, and I'm happy at one point because I get to rest. You know, I have to run around, uh, chase. You know, always trying to, you know, make sure the funding is there, money is there, staff is doing what they need to be doing, kids are safe. And then now it's time to uh, just straighten everything out and, and get ready for uh, fall programming. Ourself, you know, how can we best follow these kids up? You know, how can we strengthen relationships? How can we help families? And so it's, it's a time of transition, you know, and. You know, and the thing I like most about uh, just doing uh, ministry is the is the time with people. You know, you, your contact time with people and, and, and people you can enjoy them and you can you can be one with them and, and you can and watching people grow. And and over the years and when you've done it over the years and you can look at and, uh, and see the, the, the change in whole families and, and uh, it, it encourages you and motivates you to keep on going. You know, as I said, the last couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's been a. Uh, a drop for me, you know, just having to, uh, stop what I'm doing and having to deal with, uh, the issue I just was not even expect it, you know, but my, my, my whole thing would have an open heart surgery and, and, uh, just looking at the, the uh, the scars on my body and, and what I went through. And uh, as I said back then, the most enjoyable part of it was, you know, really to watch the young people that I'm working with, uh, have to take over. I mean, I wasn't there. Usually I'm, I'm in a, somewhere in the building and I was nowhere in the building this time. You know, I was in the hospital and maybe I could do some things by phone, but to see them stand up and, and to know that, you know, what we put in them when they were uh, eight, nine, 10 years old, you know, to see it start, you know, coming up and, and uh, to see them, you know, make some great decisions. And there was some decisions that were so great they were made, but you know, I do those every day, you know, and I, it was just a, a good thing. As I told a friend of mine, it says one thing to teach uh leadership development. I says another thing to have to de- depend on it. And I said, This summer I had to depend on what I taught. <laughs> and uh and and thank God I must have did a good job because they did a good job. And so which leads me to this. You know, because I spend so much time with young people, there's a different viewpoint, you know what I mean? And I, I make it my goal to make sure I mentor, I, I take that scripture seriously where it says the older one shall, uh, teach the younger one. Sometimes my wife just avoids being when she see me when I run up on a young student or a former student and she knows my routine, my greeting. She, she, she runs cause she's like, Oh Lord. She's like, cause she says, sometimes you just get a little too deep in people's business and it's not being deep in someone's business. That I'm, that I'm trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to really make sure that the, those things that are out there that, uh, that really hinder us from growing are not hindering uh you know the students that i that I have from growing, so you know I think the three greatest things that ruin relationships is our uh, money, communication, and sex you know they just ruin relationships relationships with God, relationships with man, relationship with family those three come into play, you know they just it just isn't ruin thing, so usually my conversation. Is going to revol- revolve around that. Have you been praying? Have you been communicating with God? Have you been in fellowship with him? Are you, do you have a devotional life? You know, uh, how's your money? Are you giving? Are you giving to the kingdom? Are you holding back? You know, and of course, if you're married, you know, how's your marriage doing? Is your sex life okay? If you're not married, you better not have a sex life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that. You know, and, uh, and people who know me, there's no, that's, that's Pastor Joe. You know what I mean? And, and uh, and that's the conversation we're going to have. But in our, in my conversation, a lot of times with, with guys and, you know, we've been having it is going in there and it's been the conflict that we have. You know, Paul had this conflict. Paul said, I wish that I could die for all my people. He said he wished that he could just die for all of them, all the Jewish people. And as he loved his Jewish people that much, he wished that he could die for them, that they might be there. But, you know, he knew that uh, that, that Christ had already done that. And, and Christ's love was, was not just what he did was not just for the, the the Jewish people. You know what I mean? It that 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 wasn't what, what Christ did. I said his his love was for was for all of us. When he died on the cross, it was for all of us. It wasn't just just for the Jewish people. It was for all of us. You know what I mean? He, so God so loved the world, you know, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever so ever that means anybody can come in there but you know a lot of times when i'm talking to young people especially in the urban context they they're wondering uh where do they fit in you know because we deal with 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 uh most young people just don't know who they are in 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 a, a, a money based society like ours a capitalist society we we're more intent on making sure that our children uh grow up to have a nice income We want them to be able to buy what they need to buy, have a house, you know, and and everything we tend, it tends to revolve around the materialistic aspects and, and, and not necessarily, you know, the emotional, the mental aspects, you know, we want to make sure they are good. We're not sending you to college so that you can find out who you are and what your purpose in life is. We send you to college so that you can make a decent salary so that you won't have to be dependent on nobody that you can make it so your kids can have what they want to have And And it goes on and on and on and on. And so we tend to look at life from that materialistic standpoint and not necessarily from the standpoint of what is God calling us to do. So, therefore, the number one major, when you ask a kid what they want to make to get to college, is psychology. Psychology Mm -hmm. has been the number one major for 50 years. You know what I mean? And 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 everybody knows you don't make no money in psychology, you know, which people soon find out and change their major when they get there. But it just goes to show you that young people are desperate to know who they are why they act the way they act. And they think psychology can hold the key in helping them figure that out. You know what I mean? Because the only thing they know is what they're supposed to have, right? They don't have a nice car, nice shoes, nice clothes, nice everything, but they don't necessarily know why they're here. You know, and that's why one of the things in one of the E's in 3d is uh, enlightenment. Our formula is, is three E to the power of JC equals success, which means education, enlightenment and exercise to the power of Jesus Christ equals success. If, if you enlightenment for us is knowing your purpose, that means you've been awakened. You've been open. Your eyes are open to what God, why God put me on this earth. Why, why am I here? You know what I mean? You already know why you're here to blink. You know what I mean? And, but most people don't know that the kids I work with, even in college, they go into college and say, what you want to do? They look, like, I don't know. And they say, I don't know why are you here? I don't know. You know what did God put what problem did God put you on the earth to solve? I don't know because life has never came through that purpose and so what I'm building up for is this is that one of the main questions that been really been pondering us for the last couple of years is 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 has to deal around um depending in my community is like you know my my sons were talking about this when I was in the hospital, and uh when uh the young man got got shot. Who had the gun on him and concealed concealed par- carry permit and carry permit and and uh you know my my older son was like man shoot I keep my driver's license around my neck now <laughs> he's like I don't reach for nothing you know what I mean he, he has a little lanyard for you know his job and so now he keeps his his driver's license in the lanyard my other son was like man I'm just going I'm gonna put me a velcro me a little plastic my vel my license right to the windshield. <laughs> And so they're they're coming up with all these things because they're like, now, you know, your kids saying like, you know, now, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid to get pulled over. Like, you know, you know, with all this happening. And really, I said, you know, I told my son, I said, man, I lived in, I was born in the 50s. I lived in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the 10s and now rolling up on the deuces. And I said, you know, I said, ain't nothing changed in my lifetime. People was getting beat, pulled over and beat, you know, shot, made look like an accident, made it like they was running the whole nine yards. Uh, some I participated in, some I didn't. I said, that just was the nature of the beast. I said, the only thing now that we have, we just have a little device called a cell phone <laughs> and a venue called the internet where we can play. It. You know, I mean, you know, I can recant you story after story, you know what I mean? But I ain't got no, I ain't got no pictures. You know, what I mean, I don't have I don't have a little camera. They don't have anything there. And I said, you're, you're allowing something that that I mean, how often do you get pulled over? You know, what I mean, once every other year, one, maybe I get pulled over once every three years or something like that. It's not big on my radar for something to be afraid of. But because the younger generation does do the Internet, social media, as we like to call it, you know, what I mean, and they get to see it as it pops up all over the country. You know what I mean, it's not like you had five incidents in, in in Minnesota. You know, you just had five instances all over the whole United States of America, which is which is like a sixth of the globe. You know, what I mean, <laughs> that you that you're dealing with, and then it, it affects people because then you got to wonder who you are. So, so now they're wondering who they are. So, I have kids, and especially in the urban context, you know, I didn't say African American context; I said urban. Wondering who they are because in the urban context, you tend to hang around people from everywhere. You know what I mean? You hang around people from everywhere. You come by my house, you'll see two or three different nationalities coming in out of my house, you know, playing with my kids, visiting, doing everything like that. You know, and you know, just ask them, they're just Minnesotans. They just run around. They don't even look at the fact that, you know, I'm Laotian or, you know, I'm from uh, Nigeria or you know, I'm I'm from uh uh what's the other guy? From Oh Zimbabwe, you know, or Burundi or wherever they come from. You know, they just don't want the in an urban context, you have all of this. You know, my block I have. I have different people from different nations. I have different people, different where, and they go to school, they see different things. They So it's it's urban, it's mixed. It's, it's it's a mixed multitude. But when it all boils down, all of them still wonder, who am I? I know I'm a Minnesotan, and I know you're my friend, but who am I? You know, who am I really? You know what I mean? You see people running around saying, uh, you know, black lives matter, and uh, what are you going to do to make sure that black lives matter? And then some people are going to say all lives matter, and, and then you you know you so you have all these exchanges that are going on, and then but the bottom line is, you know where do I go? you know what i mean and and you do, as an uh, African American or you know, a black man or whatever, have a love for your people, you know, or you as a Vietnamese, may have a love for your people or you know and you may be one of the few. Uh, quote unquote white people who actually know who your people are. You know what I mean? Because most of the white kids that I work with don't know who their people are. You know what I mean? They, they don't know where they come from. They're just in a worse state than anybody else. You know what I mean? Because they don't know. An average black person doesn't know where they come from. You know what I mean? You know, they, they can, they can guess Africa by the color. But it's not like they can tell you this, and then you know some kids can't tell, oh you know my my mom, my mom was Irish, my dad was German, you know, or or you the this is that, and this is that, you know you know, and they can tell you that, but a lot of times you know a like they don't know you know what I mean, they go like so they they come to me and be like, when I had this little exercise that I do where you trace your family history back, so you can look at your uh some of the natural gifts you have in your life, you know that you've been gifted with by God and through your family and and a lot of them go like. I don't know where, you know, I don't know where my mom, and some people can't even they can name their grandparents, but they can't name their great grandparents. They they can't go they can't go back that far. You know what I mean they just can't go back that far. And then, you know, I know in in the poor <laughs> the poor people can go back to great great grandparents, you know what I mean, because family is more important, but the people who have substance you know what I mean? They they can't, they can't go beyond go beyond grandparents, you know what I mean? It's just like they get there. So, and not trying to draw any conclusion around this join is this is that who are we? You know what I mean? Who are we? And until we understand who we are, you know what I mean? We're going to always have a problem with knowing how do we respond? You know what I mean? So, you know, I've been listening to a two week i been involved in this two week chat thing that they keep going and going back and forth from friends of mine, you know, one's a uh he's a he's a rarity he's a black republican you know he's standing up against my other friends who are all democrat and so they gave him a hard time doing the republican national convention and he gave them a hard time the democrat national convention and they sending little quotes back to each other fighting word wars back and forth everything like and these are all good friends you probably read these things and probably thinking they're about to to blow each other up you know what i mean but they all been good friends for 30 40 years but i had heard about these exchanges and they they decide to add my number in on one of them. So I hear my phone blowing up all times of night with with some kind of rhetoric from somewhere in between. And I, and I keep trying to tell them I don't care. Yes, I'm an American. I am an American. I know I'm an American. But you know what? I'm not an American who can be limited to one or two viewpoints. You know, I'm a complicated creature. You know what I mean? I said, I said, I said there there are six or seven other parties out there, but yet the media only gives us two: Democrat or Republican. You know what I mean? You know, and 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 we have to choose between two you know what i mean and I, and i and i and i there's more viewpoints i may mean, not agree with those viewpoints either but i think they should be heard because it's american you have freedom of speech i don't think you should be axed out and uh but as we search for who we are if we let other people define who we are then other people will define what's important to us and we won't be reacting the way god called us to react we'll be reacting the way man has called us to react you know and so as we take this break and we run up on i i just want to talk about about who The Bible says I am and who it says we are and and make sure that our response is always biblical in what we do, not because we say it's biblical, but because it is biblical.
0: Solomon was one of the richest men in the world. Abraham's flocks became so numerous he had to separate from his nephew, Lot. Peter and Andrew had a fishing business. God's word and truths have enormous impact on business and business leaders. Has the Lord called you or your church for ministry outreach to the business community? Call me, Gary Borgendale, local ministry director, on ideas how to reach the business community through our sister station, Business 1440. 651-289-4412.
1: Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, and and here just uh, talking about, uh, as I would have to title, is that, that who am I? You know, as one of the things that in working with young people and trying to mentor the next generation of leaders, you know, we have to deal with the question of, of who am I? You know, I always have been taught that when I leave my house, I represent my family. I, I You know, because, you know, they look and say, who raised that boy? And uh, you know, then they look at my, they're gonna look at my outer features, and and I represent my, I represent my race, you know, I represent my cultural group, I represent my nation, you know, because because you know I'm an American, and so and then so you get out here in the midst of certain things, and people want to know who you are, you know, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? You know, I mean, are you are you African American? You know, are you? Are you uh, are you white? Are you Hispanic? Are you, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, and we, 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 and labels are good mainly because it helps us identify and things that are there. But then when you come into the context of, of the kingdom of God, you know, then who are you? You know, we say, well, I, you know, I'm a believer, you know what I mean? And, you know, and people are quick to say I'm a Christian, you know what I mean? And Christian has gotten so wore out that, you know, that sometimes we don't even, when a person tells me they're a Christian, I kind of look at what I, I want eye. You know, in a in a telescope on the other eye. You know what I Because like? <laughs> because the term has been so so worn out. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, and I I tend to tell people I'm a believer. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Because you know, a lot of what some people call a Christian, and 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 actually what they live and demonstrate is not really what the Bible tells us a Christian is, and, and it's just become such a, a a used out tag word. But you know, but how do we respond to certain things as? As a, as a believer, you know, as I was listening to my friends had this text exchange going back and forth and and all of my believers, you know, what I mean, you know, what I mean, and and, uh, and and but they were to me just sold out to the rhetoric of their particular parties because there's, there's all they were shooting back and forth was the party rhetoric to each other. You know, what I mean, as they was going around this time, you know, and as my father-in-law used to always say, you know, I'll never talk about religion and the politics is just it'll destroy the whole evening you know what I mean, and i said i think it only destroys the whole evening when we hold on to it and we love it to a, to a point that that we become blind to to what what is what is jesus saying what how does god say i should respond to these certain matters and sometimes we let things consume us to a point that we go beyond that that we even ignore you know what scripture is saying you know i know we're not perfect we can't be little many Bibles and walk around and, and live our life and exalt it to to exactly, we're going to make mistakes and that's where grace and love and all those other things come into play. But I I, I do believe that we, we have to establish to ourselves, who am I? You know, when I look at myself, I didn't ask to be who I am. It was decisions made for me long time ago. You know, I'm, 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 you'll look at me and say I'm African American, you know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm about 23% Cherokee. You know, I have, uh, I have French, Spanish, you know, with a last name like Sutton, you know, I got British. My mother's my mother's maiden name was Anderson, so you know what I got running around <laughs> up in there. You know, my grandmother was, uh, well, we know she was she was half white and Cherokee, you know, and I uh, and so my uh, Mr. Smith, my great great grandfather was white, and then my great great grandmother was Cherokee, and they had they had uh Sinai, and tonight was half and half, and she married. Uh, my grandfather who was Anderson, you know, Andrew Anderson, you know, and his mother was an Owens, so, you know, it just keeps going back and back, back and back and forth where these names come from. And they were the plantation names because my, my, my great grandmother, my mom's side came from the Owens plantation and, uh, the plantation owner gave them the plantation, you know, when he died and, uh, they had it for a while until, uh, Ku Klux Klan came in the middle of the night and set it on fire and ran them off the land and took the land from them. And uh, they had to move to Mississippi. And the same thing happened to my, my father's side of the family, his great-grandfather. You know, their land was taken from them by the Klan, and, and they had to run. And in the midst of running, they lost a brother in the woods. And uh, and so they never knew what happened to that brother. And so that's why, you know, in most African-American communities, we take people in and let them live with us. And uh, because it's just a carryover from during those times where kid would get separated from his family. Even his family would get killed. And and some of those uh, raids, or he would get left behind, and so you took him in and let him live with you because you knew that his bad enough to be a little kid on your own, but to be a little kid with no family is uh, is hard. And so, and so that that's just some of my history background. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I I, I do identify with that. That's a part of me. You know I mean? I don't identify with the, the 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 Cherokee as much as I do the African American because that's just the majority part of what everybody lean to. Uh, when everybody left the, that particular reservation in Southern Illinois and they moved to Mississippi and started making money the contact with that part of the family was lost. And, of course, we couldn't have contact with the white side, the Smith side, though uh, my great aunt, I used to love it. She would come by and spend time with us, but her kids didn't spend much time with us because they didn't want nobody to know that they had they had, uh, they had had black in them, so we didn't say anything. You know, my, my cousin was a prominent police officer in Chicago till he came out in Ebony magazine, that he was really black and not white, and they busted him all the way down to <laughs> to walk in the street. But he only told him two years before he retired. So you go from the top cop to walk in the street in two years, and then he, you know, he bought a he had a car dealership, and his son is dancing on Broadway and other things like that. And they didn't even know they were black. <laughs> they had black in them. they were about a four, quarter, 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 eighth. You know what I mean? And you know, so you had these things, and so you couldn't tell who you really were because it's there. But now the challenges that we face, and I tell my young leaders, don't get caught up in in so caught up in being black that you're not Christian. Don't get caught up in being Republican or Democrat that you're not Christian. You know, that you're not your life isn't bringing glory to God. You know, my life doesn't need to bring glory to a particular uh, racial group or my life is not supposed to bring glory to a particular uh, political affiliation. If they get glory out of it, that's fine. But I'm living my life to bring glory to God. That's what I'm living my life for to bring glory to God. And in his commandments, what I follow over any other, you know what I mean? That that will go that route. And, and so, and so I, I try to get them to understand you have to be concerned. I am concerned what goes on in my community. And I am concerned about that because there's a group of people who don't see me as Christian. They see me as a black man. When I walk up, they don't say, Oh, there's a Christian. They say, that's a black man. They have to hear my voice and my talk to know that I'm a believer. You know, what I mean, to get to that point, unless they're spiritually sensitive and they can they can determine that way. So my, 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 my challenge is 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 not that we ignore those things, you know, because Paul had a heart. He said, if I could, you know, I would I would I would die so that my people could come to know Christ. But even his love for his people wasn't that his people would economically prosper, but that his people would prosper within the confines of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Take your love for your people, your political group, your affiliation, everything you have and make sure that it draws people to the king and not to some ideology or philosophy. We're going to talk more about this next week. God bless you.